Hello? Yo. Hello? Through. You know what's funny? You just reminded me of the ridiculousness when we would have a fake live band on our serious show. And I would pretend like the engineer was setting it up. What? You always oversold. What's that, Tim? Tim, what? What? Warrant aren't ready yet to go, but they will be playing any second now. Tim? Hang on. Tim, our engineer here at the studio, will be routing Warrant through. Warrant, are you ready to rock? <laughs> Who was the band we had? Um, it was like an um, 80s band that we had. Um, yeah, uh, what were they called? Extreme, right? No, it wasn't Extreme. It was... Um, it was Extreme. It was um, Big something. Yeah, I'm trying to... Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Oh, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Big. That's exactly what it was. Like, oh, Harry Ryan was like a big fan. That's that song. I'm the one who wants yeah. to be with you. This is like a dream come true for guys. <laughs> but that was because re- what really happened was Mr. Big performed on JBTV where we recorded the show. So we want to make it sound like Mr. Big was on our show. Right. Mr. Big is here. They but, will but be right. Was a little too. Was a little bit too excited about Mr. Big. I have to say. Yeah. Who knew he even liked Those Mr. Big? Guys. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you're a huge Mr. Big fan? I had no idea. Oh, yeah, I love Mr. Big. I've been dreaming about this day for 34 years. <laughs> well, we did, but, but just for the record, we did have live bands, too. It wasn't just... I think we had two... No, oh, we had Fuel in studio. We we had No, we had Filter. Or Filter, yeah, Fuel. Yeah. God. <laughs> they were up. We had uh, anti-flag too. We did. Did they play though? Yeah. Pretty sure. Oh no! JBTV had anti-flag, and then we had yeah. Uh, Pat stayed and did a show with us. Yeah, we had filter in studio. Justin Sane was going to do a protest on uh, Michigan Avenue or something. Yeah. We did have um, who was that? Kosha Dills, the guy bass got the Jewish rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's, he's actually still he's still out there. Yeah, he, he's actually he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's doing all right. What 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 means? What do you mean by doing all right? Like what's no, he doing? I actually saw him like a, a review of one of his albums on the music blog. I was uh, checking out. Yo, man, Kosha Dills is tight. I gotta say, I thought he was kind of a cool guy, but I, I lost respect for him when he didn't. He didn't know um, real motherfucking Jews by by Easy E. He didn't know he that. Didn't know what that was. And I, I was lost like, okay, respect when he good. was like hitting up bass every weekend. Oh yeah, that was that's a little weird. That Yo, bass man. Yo, we gonna do this or what? Bass. He was he was also one of those guys that like when I told him I wanted to book him on, it took me like it took me two minutes to ask him for him to be super excited. It took me <laughs> twenty minutes to explain to him that no, I don't work for the Howard Stern show. You're not gonna be on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. You're gonna be on our show. So, oh yeah, so shit. I'm gonna be on the Stern, right? Who is y'all's? Who is you? I've, I've, been, I've been trying to get on Howard Stern forever. Well, good luck with that. But yeah. Right. Hey, yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. So. Sorry, Koja. <laughs> we had a few yeah. people who actually thought they were on Howard Stern. Remember, um, who was um, your friend, uh, Dennis Hoff? Who was the... the oh, the Bunny Ranch guy? In there? It's Fred. What was that woman? She's like, hi, Howard. And Dennis was like, it's not Howard on your name. And she's like, Howard, can you hear me? Oh yeah, the one. Um, uh, what's yeah, her Heidi name? Fleiss or something Heidi Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now what a sleazy group that was. Like, 
You probably still text. I'm sorry. You probably still text with Dennis Hoffer. Right? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. He's on my texting list. Him, yeah. the Bishop Don Magic Wand, and Heidi Flights. You're on like a group chat with him, Don Magic Wand. Uh, yeah, Larry Flint. <laughs> Who's the guy from Vivid? What's his name? Larry Flint. <laughs> Uh, Larry Flint. Was uh, it Steve Hirsch? Is that his name? The visit guy? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, like one, it's like one group text with Abe and all those guys. Base, were you working at Key 101 when Dennis Hoff was in studio and he had that hooker with him and he was having her, like, touch yeah. herself and he was turning red? Yeah, he, He's like, oh, touch it. He's like, do it. Yeah, that's right. He's like, let it all out. Let it all out. <laughs> disgusting. He was turning like bright red and sweating, and I and, and Larry Flint was there too. Do you remember that? Yeah. Or, no, wait. Dennis Hoff was there with Larry Flint's brother, actually. And then Larry Flint was there. The only, the only reason why I remember is because he came in a gold wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and somebody went up to him. Awesome, a gold wheelchair. Yeah, uh, yeah I still fuck too. That's so cool. Yeah, I can still get it. Remember, he kept saying that. I can still get it up. Like, like, who would be interested in in working with that? I mean, you. I mean, you have to be a lot of money. But, but even if he has all the money, I mean, as disgusting as Dennis Hoff is, at least he could walk. Larry Flint. You mean uh, you mean uh, not Dennis? Oh, Dennis Hoff. That's your point. You have to go on. No, no, Dennis Hoff. But Larry Flint can't move, and he has that face. And I mean, could you imagine the poor girls who have to do stuff to Larry Flint? I'm the current hustler. Give it. I would. I would. I would actually go the other way around. I mean, I bet they really don't have to do anything because I don't think it's big work. So I think all they got to do is like you know maybe just kind of kiss each other. But I mean, you actually got to spread your legs for Dennis Hoff. And that no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he kept saying it. <laughs> don't don't think I can't get a heart on. Dennis, hey Larry, hey, Dennis. Dennis. This is almost like me with about 40 STDs on top of <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the poor girl that has to have sex with Dennis Hoff, Larry oh, Flint, and Larry Flint's brother? And and Hugh Hef- remember Hugh Hefner's brother that was always around, the Playboy Mansion? You ever see that guy? Yeah. Remember we did that podcast? Were you guys on that podcast? I, I, or was it Ryan? When no, we, we did the eulogy for him. Yeah. We're, we're talking about... When 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 you after his brother died and he had that hot Asian woman who was like his wife or whatever, and she was acting like she was so sad, and then two days later she was at a party like naked. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, speaking of death, did you guys see Jerry Krause died? Yeah, that was that was sad actually. You were. You know why? Only because I I remember back how great it was to have an amazing as a kid. Like, we took sports for granted as kids because the Bulls were just so good. Yeah. So, like, we're always going to have NBA titles and he was the guy behind all of that. Uh, yeah, he did, he did. He was a part of it. Well, he, he did. Was, he, he was the architect, basically. Today is, I feel like, what he then was GM and then didn't get the kind of credit they get today. Like, today we all these, like, superstar GMs around the around all the various leagues get a lot of respect for what they do, but nobody ever really talks about it back then. He's, he's remembered more for the fact that, like, he, the Bulls, like, in the end, he, like, fucked up the situation with Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, and, the problem is the way it ended. Everyone remembers like, the way it ended. Uh, yeah. I mean, he forced Phil Jackson out. He made MJ retire early. Like, the Bulls could have won at least three more championships. 
At least two more. At least one, well, at the very least. He was given the gift of Michael Jordan. He became a GM in 85, the year after MJ got drafted and became rookie of the year. So he was given that gift. And he was in charge of building talent around him. And he did happen to find a way to trade Dennis Rodman for just... For Will Purdue! Awesome. That was the greatest trade ever, but he also awesome. drafted. Yeah, was, that was that was man. I forgot it was that. It was that much of a jack. Didn't he draft Scottie yeah, Pippen awesome. and Horace Grant though? He drafted Pippen and Grant. But don't forget, for no, this, years, didn't they have years, trade for Pippen Was it Pippen a draft day trade? Was that yeah? Pippen was a draft day. Yeah, trade. so look at that. They but, traded for Pippen, but also they drafted Horace Grant. Packed a lot of people don't know this: is that every year after they got Pippen. Jerry Krause spent every summer trying to get rid of Pippen. Oh, yeah. Remember for Sean Kemp? There were trades Sean Kemp. There was Tony Kukoc, who they eventually thought was going to replace Pippen so they could trade him. There was Olden Polonies that they tried a couple times. I do remember that, actually. Wow. He's a moron. Base, did you ever have, with your when you would be in the locker rooms with a fake tape recorder with no batteries, did you ever run into him? Yeah, I saw him a couple times. Was he nice to you or what? Yeah, he was okay. He was, he was, he was really fat, though. I, I was, I'm yeah. impressed that he was 77 years old. Have you ever actually but, done real work in a locker room? Like, where you're actually doing something? I did once. I did it for what's what one. And I did what? it once. It was, it was, I, I did one. <laughs> I did one. Or actually counted. I did it once. So, like, was, guys like you and Roker, you, you basically walk in there, eat for free, and then what? Do you stand? Do you, you don't even stay after the game, right? No, no, I, I stay. Of course, I stay after the game. Because I don't even think Roker stays what, after the what, game. What, what Roker and I do is different. Roker goes there to be seen, kind of feel his way around, and then ask people randomly if they want to be on the man couch show. And then when he gets rejected hard, he just kind of starts out. <laughs> I've been there trying to network and trying to get other gigs for other, other things. I, I've been able to do that. I've been able to get like side work and stuff. So, so you're there to I'm, like use I'm, use the contacts or something. Exactly. So you shouldn't be in there at all, then. You're totally misusing the situation. I, I would say about 80% of the media that go to games should not be there. Like, just case in point, somebody from international media is the guy that snagged the Tom Brady jersey. That guy shouldn't have been there. Yeah, like, how did, that, yeah how did he get full access? Like, there's, Exactly, but I, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if sports teams really did, like, uh, the Blackhawks once did a, a clean sweep. And luckily at the time, I was working with a radio station that had the Blackhawks. But they did a clean sweeping out rid of all the people that really should not have had credential. Well, if you look but at most of the people in those, it, most of the people in those locker rooms are guys who aren't like the safest looking people. They all seem like sexual deviants. They all seem like they have dark minds. Like most people, and those are the and those are the legitimate media people that should be exactly. There. That's what I'm saying. So, like, to give a guy like that full access to the Super Bowl locker room, just some guy yeah. from Mexico, that's crazy. And Roker was complaining to me that he went he he's going to a Cubs uh, spring training game in Vegas, and they denied him for credentials. And he's like, I told them I've been covering the Cubs since there were just three people in the stands. But like, what do you mean you've been covering them? That you walk right. in the locker room once a year? And pretend like like guys like Bass and Roker, they, yeah, like, they're like, lucky Roker they have any kind of interviews and like delivering like award winning editorial to fans. Like you're here for anything. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy who shows up in a UFC hat and jump pants yeah. looking at a score <laughs> credentials for Cubs World Series might not be able to go all that way. But Bass, do people talk shit about you guys? I mean, you guys are just sitting there eating. They're actually doing work, getting audio. Like what? What do no, they I, say I, about? I 
couple. I may have had a couple of shots taken my way, but at the end, I was one of the few people that like. I mean, I could get audio for people. So if I'm in the locker room with someone says, "Hey, can you uh, as long as you're sitting there, can you hold your microphone and get like?" Because at the time, like when you cover games, I mean, it's hard to go to both locker rooms. A lot of these affiliates want like the best players from both teams who are usually giving interviews at the exact same time. So at the time, it's like Derrick Rose was the piece that is is talking how they just beat the Miami Heat. You want to get him, but at the same time, LeBron James is talking at the very same time. So you want to get that guy. So I would do the occasional favor. I'll be like, all right, well, I'll get Derrick Rose, or I'll get LeBron James, whichever one you want, and I'll give them the audio. That's the way I was kind of networking whether or not I could do stuff like that. Or you could just go online and, and, and get all of it for well, free. And then <laughs> LeBron formed a title of friendship I, I've I've got a, I, it's funny because I've actually gotten along with a lot of these players, and, yeah. and because people have seen me like get along with them, they like think I'm a trusted person of the media, which is hilarious. Well, it's true that black people love you, and every everyone there's no one who's like mum on you. Everyone either loves you or hates you, and for no reason why I don't do anything. But for some reason, I've attracted this lover hate personality, which I've. Really don't know how that happened. You're either I'll very. You, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I know the answer. <laughs> people, I think people who are very outgoing and people who are like kind of loud, and that's not an insult at all. I mean, you know, I think all the people are loud, but I'm saying you attract attention either way. So it's not like you're going through life in a mundane nature. Like you stand out. So usually people people are going to make a conclusion about how they feel about you. You know, and most people like you a lot. Some probably just like you, like Abe said, but it's because you 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 shine brighter than than those. I I, I am a lot of person, and I'm a more outgoing person. And I think yeah, that that gets offensive, or it gets more people just aren't really yeah. ready for that. So they, I, like, some people I, like me just have a scowl on their face at all, and for some reason it, it rubs off really wrong to like people that are like in charge of giving out credentials. Or people that are in charge of like blocking people from certain people, like media yeah. players. But for some reason, whenever I get one on one with an athlete, they, they love me. So I've never never had a problem with an athlete. I've always had like issues with media people trying to block people like me from coming right. in. Well, your personality is either very endearing to people or very abrasive. So for some reason, they love or hate you, and I. It's true. I don't. I don't. I don't think abrasive is the wrong term. I. I but I, I. I agree that some people dislike you, but I don't think it's being abrasive. I just think maybe they just don't want kind of bombastic you are. It's not abrasive. I mean, you're not abrasive at all. Hey, he got this yeah. guy got too much personality, you know. <laughs> I get no respect. Did you see that that scumbag Rick from Pawn Stars already offered a hundred thousand for the jersey? That's it. Oh, for the Brady jersey? Yeah, the Tom Brady jersey. They said it was actually worth half a million. Well, he offered a hundred jersey. I want to. I wanted to ask. You brought. I think Dave brought it up. Was there like some kind of international police operation to get the jersey? Because oh yeah, yeah, there was. In Mexico. Yeah, Bin Laden was missing for what twelve years. Yeah, <laughs> but they found Tom I mean, Brady's like, jersey. This is like this is, this is like Interpol and every other like national security force teamed up to find this damn jersey well here's the problem it's like stealing like those people who go to a casino and they steal like the orange thousand dollar chips those are all accounted for so if you steal like like some guy walked into a casino and stole like a million dollars in thousand dollar chips 
And then there, there was no way he could ever go back and spend them. If you steal the Tom Brady Super Bowl jersey and it's legit, you can't sell it to anyone. And if you sell it to like a private collector, he's going right, to want but, people to think that they, it's, he's going to want to get all. They, 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 they no, really it's real. Had to like, they have to go through every single credential journalist. And, and beyond that, anybody who is um, in like the media areas or like the player areas of the Super Bowl, they have to like really question every single person. I mean, was that really worth, like, all the time and no. resources to do that? But it's Tom Brady, for, and he's rich. And, that, and that's why a lot of people are, that's, that's what everybody's saying. It's like, if, if you're going to take something of that value, you want to be able to turn around and make a buck off, at least. And something that coveted. And he, what's even weirder is that they found that jersey and the same jersey from when they beat the uh, the Seahawks that nobody even talked about. Like, he's, he's been getting his jersey ripped off for the last, like, couple Super Bowls, so... What's going on? It's probably the same guy. There's definitely like a different justice for celebrities. And I think, like, if I had a jersey worth half a million dollars, some historical jersey, if it got stolen, police would not go to bat for me like that. In fact, they don't even care. If if you get robbed and you have. How many million dollars worth of of diamonds and jewels on in that Paris robbery? They got those guys right away, right? Because they knew it was hurt. If I had all those jewels, all those diamonds and jewels on me, and I went robbed, they wouldn't have went to that extent to capture the offending party. Oh, you mean the Kardashians? Yeah, I'm just saying, it's another situation where immediately, like, no, you're the right. entire police force was on it. You're right. There, there are Amber Alerts that don't get any kind of attention. That's what <laughs> well, if you get I, robbed. I, I, if you get robbed, I, it's just known that you're not going to get your stuff back. Like, if you tell them, oh, I had all these, like, signed Willie Mays jerseys and stuff, like, well, you're not going to get any of that back. So you're screwed on I, that. When I used to live in uh, Connecticut, there was, like, a big deal because somebody actually stole the um, one of the banners from the Boston Celtics in the garden. They stole, like, the, you know, all the retired numbers of, like, Bill Russell and John Havlicek. And they, like... It was like a three-day, like, wall-to-wall until they busted some guy who had it in, in a dump bag. Wow. First of all, what are you going to do with a 20-foot banner? And say, why? You guys can just make another banner with numbers on it. Why did it need to be that crazy? Yeah, like you and your you and your five friends down there playing poker. Like, yeah, that's it, man. I got it. Fuck yeah. them. I got the banner down here. You want to go over to Paulie's house? He got the banner over there. You know, we can check it out. <laughs> Play poker, have a couple beers, you know? A little gobble goose sandwich. No, 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 no. The real jersey. And, and you know, it wouldn't take too long. Because a guy like that, he couldn't contain himself. Like, he'd probably say, uh, hey, uh, like he's working at Target or whatever. He's like, yeah, uh, you want to come over? I got the banner. Uh, don't tell anyone. Like, he would just tell random people that he has the banner, and before you know it, he'd be arrested. Like, he couldn't... A guy like that who's stealing the banner, he wants people to know that he has it. So I think that's why it's easy to find. And that guy in Mexico, Sam, they said he was trying to sell it for 75000 on the black market. Okay. I guess that's bad. So it's what really... He should, have, he should have at least let it cool off for a couple of years before he tried to sell it. Yeah, but then, but so, so if someone buys it though, it's like you know they have it, and and what in a private collection, I guess, and you just show your three friends. Yeah, but what everybody knew was the story. I mean, so it's like he's taking the risk of exposing himself to somebody who could turn him in or blackmail him by trying to sell it. Massive fat. He should have been more sly about it. 
There's, there's really though, but, but a piece of memorabilia like that, there's just nothing you could do with it. Unless you like, you just don't want to tell anyone if you just want it for yourself, which is weird. Like, what are you going to do with it? But it would, it would be awesome if like that guy, if, if he stole it and then just wore it to all the Patriots games, like no one would know that's the real Tom Brady Jersey, but he'd be walking around wearing it. Like when, uh, who was that gangster? Is it whitey something? What's that guy's name? Yeah, was it? Uh, I know you're talking about. Um, I want to say White Ford. Is that his name? I, that's what I was gonna say. Is that, is that the sound right? But you know, he lived like a block from the police station for like 20 years before he got caught. Okay. Just because you don't expect it, you know, like the guy wearing the Tom Brady jersey at every right. Patriots game. Um. So I got some breaking news. Base. I understand that uh, DJ has something in common with you, your son. Yes, it is now clear that my son does like the breasts. As Bass oh, would wonderful, say. wonderful expression that he, he proved this weekend. As, a long story, the story is that over the weekend, my wife was sick. So I wanted to take DJ out and make sure he wasn't around her and being sick. So I went to my brother's place, and we, he had a kind of a cookout with a bunch of his friends. And one of his buddies invited a couple that he knew. One was a dude and a girl who happened to be a very pretty, pretty girl. And she, I talked to her, and she actually was on TV in Miami. She was a bottle service girl in Vegas for like 12 years. Very like was, very prestigious job, that bottle service job. Well, she was telling me a lot of cool stories about celebrities out there, which we can get to later. But it actually was a, I mean, I, I think what she was making alone, she had to make at least six figures. Do they all girl. end with, and then Amari Stoudemire tried to have sex with me, and then Alonzo Svelman tried to have sex with me? Probably, and then probably ended up making old apologies. Well, that's just <laughs> the point. So we go. I go upstairs, and I hear there's more people there. And we walk up, and I'm saying hello. And I look over, and I see the attractive woman. And I look down to see where my son is. And then I look around, and I see that DJ has already made his way over towards that girl, standing next to her, going, "Hi." <laughs> like the kid never says hi to anybody without me saying, "Say hello." <laughs> Thank you, going hi. So the whole time he was talking, she was talking to him, going, "He's so cute, he's so cute." And then it happened to be towards the end of the night. I go, "Okay, let's let's say goodbye." You know, you know, give Uncle John a hug and Aaron a hug, blah blah blah. Finally, get to her, and I go, "All right, give your new girlfriend a hug and kiss goodbye." The girl bends down and goes, "Goodbye, DJ." And DJ walks over to her, grabs her by the tit, and kisses her on the cheek. <laughs> Nice, nice move. Faces and hey, my son likes tits too. <laughs> That's so my I boy. There, I had to sit there and apologize. And as we walked out, we walked out of my brother's place, closed the door, and we looked at each other. And DJ goes, "Fun." And I was like, "You damn right it was." <laughs> Why would you apologize for that? He's a little kid. Who cares? Well, because why bring attention to it? You should let him play. His, he's a let the player play. I I would, but I mean, you know, I, I don't know how a girl's going to react to that. I mean, they don't care if it's a little kid. What if a little girl would just think about you and grab your junk? Wouldn't somebody need to go, hey, I'm sorry, they don't know what they're doing? <laughs> I guess, yeah, if you put it like that. But it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of an, an inappropriate <laughs> thing. And so, I mean, if, if she wasn't like a cool chick, she could probably be like, hey, you know, what's actually your son doing? What do you know what's going on? <laughs> what are you teaching him? <laughs> Well, didn't you say that you take DJ to the library because it's all hot chicks or something? Well, yeah. 
my wife told me I should take them to the libraries in the mornings, which she's at work, to try to get them out and they do story time. Wait a second, wait a second. There's still libraries? There is a library. Actually, they're pretty, libraries are actually pretty good. You can, like, rent all the DVDs and movies and TV shows that you want for, like, free. Everything's free. And wow. As long as you have a library card. So it's, it's basically, it's, like, it's library's basically the last thing you want to do. Is that Pretty much, except you don't need to, I mean, it's like a red box without having to pay the fee. The library is the original red box. Yes. My mom watched, she binge-watched all the Breaking Bad all from the library. See, that wow. doesn't seem like they should have that at a library. It, well, it's educational. Could you could you still take, like, I remember going to the library and people would take out, like, 14 books. Could you, isn't there a limit at some point? Well, I don't know if anybody's taking out books, but they do have internet stations, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Wait, kinda wait, do they not even have do they not even have books anymore? <laughs> no, there's no books anymore. No, they got they internet, got video, and uh, <laughs> probably CDs. I actually remember Danny, our own Danny Gaga, uh, years ago, before probably at least ten years ago, he would actually go to the library to get all the new releases. He would like would like all of their CDs. He'd take a home and copy everything. He'd get all the on Tuesday at the library. He'd get everything home. He'd get everything. Like, he didn't even want. He'd take everything home and copy it. Yeah. Then he'd return it, like, the next week. <laughs> and he'd always hold it for as long as he could. I'm like, well, you're done with them all after a day. He's like, yeah, but I have two weeks. I'm just going to hold them until then. <laughs> so no one else could watch them. Exactly. Like, I, I think there was, I think he was taking out, like, 75 CDs at a time. <laughs> All the new releases. That's that's what you know. When he used to buy videotapes, he would just buy them to like collect them. He wouldn't even watch them. They were all in the shrink wrap. Right. The weird. It was weird. Like when when uh, Best Buy would have their paper and had like all the new DVDs, he would just go in and buy every single one. He had, he had a very uh, very ferocious appetite for new media. I'm like, why are you buying Ice Age or like just like random movies? Like wh- for the collection. Yeah, I'm collecting. I need all the movies. He must have been so. He must have been. He was. I remember how pissed he was when Blu-ray started becoming popular. Now you know Blu-ray yeah. pretty much died out quick. Like I don't even have any kind of DVD or Blu-ray. Well, yeah, see, you, Blu-ray was kind of the last. That was like the last physical medium. Actually, Blu-ray by the time Blu-ray already by the time Blu-ray came in, people were already starting to stream movies. Yeah, so Blu-ray was was not going to last. I mean, do you guys watch Blu-rays? No, I mean I have a I have, I have a Blu-ray machine, but I, I haven't watched anything since I've been able to stream Apple. Yeah, I, I mean I've bought I've rebought movies on Apple, like Apple uh, movies or whatever it is, iTunes. The same ones that I have sitting there in a DVD case, just because I'm too lazy to actually put. It's kind of like I'm too lazy to put in a CD now. I'm too lazy to put in a DVD. Yeah, but CDs are different, though, because, I mean, if you have any of the major streaming services, you pretty much have access to almost all the music known to man. Yeah. A little bit different with movies. Yeah, with movies, they don't really have everything that you want. Pretty, yeah, pretty like much most like of the they, stuff you want is enough. They rotate everything out, and they don't have a lot of stuff. Why does Netflix do that? Is it because of, of like, bandwidth? No, they have to pay, they have to pay licensing fees. I mean, they can't have every movie. Yeah, but I mean, how much money do you have to pay to have the garbage bill, kids? Like $5 a month? <laughs> but I guess well, that adds up, right? I think, it, I think it's a smart move because it's like, well, what's coming to Netflix next month? Like, here's what we got this month. And it's like, if you have everything all at once, eventually people are going to get used to, like, now we we, we want everything at all times. Like it is with music. Netflix, music now, it's not enough to not have every single thing. Those new Dave Chappelle specials, two of them came out today. 
They paid yeah, him sixty million dollars to do three specials. Two of them he had already done, so he got twenty million dollars each for two old specials that he recorded. They paid um, Chris Rock, I think, forty million for two. Jerry Seinfeld got a huge deal. Louis C.K. Like Netflix is making all these comedians like rich. Yeah, I mean these guys are all rich already, but sixty million. I saw this thing on um, Dave Chappelle's doing an interview with Gail King. And he was doing some yeah, kind of... Yeah, you sent me that. That was actually a very good interview. I watched that. Did you see where he was doing that speech at that school? Yeah, I gave him 50 million. He's saying, I want 50 million. I just had to give him 60 million. Yeah, he got 60 million to do three. I yeah. mean, for no work. I mean, that's a lot of work coming up with, like, a, a, one stand-up special is pretty much a year of the comedian's life. Like, that's yeah. their, that pretty much one special is like a year of work for a comedian. But $20 million, that's crazy. I mean, hey, he man, deserves it. It's all the best. It's like I always tell people, the people who say, Howard Stern gets paid too much money. Okay, if you break it down, if Sirius is $14 a month, they have like 30-something million subscribers. So even if only 1 million listen to him, that's $14 million a month. 14, 140 plus 20, 168 million. Right. If only 1 million people listen to him, that means Sirius makes $168 million off him. So Dave Chappelle, 20 million is nothing. Like... And, and, and so many of those Stern listeners would not buy Sirius Oh, no. And, and, and he has, he has way more than a million listeners. They go somewhere else and get Howard Stern and pay for it somewhere else. Exactly. So he probably has closer to like 5 million listeners. So if, if you're up to 5 million, that means he's bringing in almost a billion dollars to Sirius. So to pay him yeah. 80 or 100 million a year is a drop in the bucket. And yeah, just like I mean, Dave Chappelle, like twenty million, all the all the press they got out of this Dave Chappelle special, all the new subscribers, all all the people who are still. What does Netflix right. says? Do they have? Well, plus for Netflix, here's their rationale: they'd rather pay more upfront for these things that they actually own. They own them. Yes, they, they have forever. For this forever. They don't have to license it for you know a limited amount of time and then you know give it up and go back and do it again. They own that now. How many subscribers does Netflix have? I got to go to Netflix to get to Chappelle. I'm trying to see how many how many subscribers they have. But Netflix's ultimate goal is to move completely away from licensing anything. They want to have all original content. I'm trying to figure out how many. They, they're in the, they're in the tens of millions. I mean, they probably have 30, 40 million subscribers. I thought it was more than that. Oh, it might be more. Ninety three point eight million members. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Jeez. So so ninety three million times ten dollars, that's nine hundred and thirty million a month. They're making almost a billion dollars yeah. a month. Netflix and YouTube are the two most watched, you know, quasi channels in the world. More than any network. I think they, I think they said between YouTube and Netflix, they get more viewers combined than all the other networks combined at, at any given time. Oh, I'm sure. I was just looking so at to show you. I mean. I was I was just on the revenue they're generating. I was on YouTube. There's an Ed Sheeran video that has 435 million views. Really? I mean, I've seen videos with more than that. But I mean, you know, what I'm saying like the, the biggest videos used to be like eight million, ten million, four hundred thirty-five million. Yeah. So that, that, see, that's the thing. If people would embrace technology, like that's the way to reach people now. YouTube. Well, everyone is embracing technology. I mean, who? Is no, it? I know, but I'm just saying, like. It, Cable cable companies that make you pay for all these channels that you don't watch, everything should just be a la carte, and and they should all be like apps, and they should all have a streaming component and a and a on demand component. Every channel, 
every channel should just be like the WWE Network or Netflix or whatever. Yeah, but then, I mean, if you think of it, they're all a la carte. I mean, they're all going to want five ten dollars I mean, you only get 10 or 15 channels for what you pay the cable company for for 200 channels. I mean, a lot of channels could, I mean, you think that, like, TBS could go a la carte and sell a lot of of subscriptions? No, nobody would care. No, but they should also be available. If it's a good, like, HBO is a good channel. They could do whatever. They they sell HBO is an amazing channel. HBO is the best channel. They could do it. That's the one channel that actually could do it because they have the best program, period. I would agree. Yeah, but I think if you had... They have the best programming, period. (laughs) But if you, like, the only show... Okay, I watch Monday Night Raw on Mondays on USA. I watch The Walking Dead on AMC. Um, I watch The Challenge on MTV. That's three shows, so three channels I would need. What else? I watch... Like, so, so let me ask you, so you pay $10 for the channel? They shouldn't be $10. They should be like $1 or $2 each. Yeah, but see, that's not. It doesn't work that way. So I mean, how much? more from the cable company. Well, right? that's my question. And, no, and no they probably say, don't. They probably don't. Okay, let's say they don't. Let's say they don't. But when you're on every cable company, you're, you're, you have the potential of being in hundreds of millions of calls. If you're just selling a subscription, like take WWE Network, for example, right? They're still on cable. Because they know that they can only reach the amount of people who subscribe, which I think is what one or two million for the for their for their subscription channel. So with, for for uh, advertisers, they're like, well, you can only get into one and a half million people's home through this channel. But if you're actually on traditional services, the potential is so much higher. Okay, let me ask so you, you this. Let me ask you this. Sam. Dollar, Hang on. Sell your ship for a dollar per person, and then expect. You know, to be what you're making on cable. I understand. I, mean, I understand. I understand. How much money do you pay to watch the Tonight Show? I know you don't watch it, but how much money, if you want to watch it, do you pay with Jimmy Fallon? I don't know. I mean, I probably wouldn't pay anything because it's free free network TV, right? So how does network right, TV? I mean, well, hang on, hang on. How does network TV, radio, everything else make money? They give you the con- hang on, hang on. I know they give you the content for free, and they do advertising. Yeah, so so why do we have to pay extra money for cable channels? Why don't they just use the same business model? If you look at like Joe Rogan's podcast, he has like millions of people listening to it and he does his own advertising and he yeah. gives it out for free. Well, that's, well, that's the new thing though. I mean, but, 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 but that, again, that's survival of the fittest. I mean, Rogan is, Rogan is one of the best. I mean, you know, Rogan is probably like, he has that ability like almost to Howard to do these like long form interviews is very compelling. He's one of few that actually go out there and do his own thing. Most people couldn't do that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, good content, they don't need to be behind a network. Like, the good. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, the future is. It took me literally five minutes to find AMC on Sunday. And I was trying to watch The Walking Dead. I watch it every week. I could not find the channel. I still don't know what the channel is. It's in the 170s. I know that. Like, I used to know. Remember when you guys used to know every channel? Like, USA was like 33 or something. Sports channel was 28. Yeah. Like, I knew every channel. I and, and as a matter of fact, I used to know everyone's. Base, do you know my cell phone number? I do. Do you know Sam's number by heart? Don't say it, Base. Uh, that one I do not know. But back in the day, like we used to know everyone's numbers. Like you'd know all your friends' numbers. numbers. You'd know their addresses. I used to know everything. We don't know anything anymore. And it's because of the cell phone. It's made us like we're so dependent on this machine now. 
that we don't know anything. And my spelling has gone down about a, a zillion notches. So <laughs> I just expect that I'm just going to write something yeah. close to it, and it'll fix it by the time I get to the next word. It's weird. like, And that's why the anxiety is so high when you lose your phone. Oh, yeah. Because you need it. Like, everyone, like, we're, we're so yeah, dependent. Think about all of the information you have crammed into your phone. I mean, all of your personal data, all of your contacts, all your conversations, all of your, a lot of stuff for your work. I mean, it is like, it, it does become like a light bulb. It's not just a phone. Something that I've been trying to do, which is really, really hard for me, I know for Abe, it's really hard. But whenever there's like a dead moment, like in my life, like, okay. I'm pressing the button for the elevator, and I'm obviously waiting. My first reaction is to immediately take out my phone yep. and start checking every app I have. And then when I get <laughs> in the elevator, I recheck it again. And then when I get outside to go to the to cross the street, there'll be like a, you know, the crosswalk won't be for me to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm my phone again. And then I'm just like, my God, I am continuously yeah. only on my phone. It's like a you bottle for a kid. You ever find yourself like checking the same thing? You don't even, you don't even pay attention. You're just like, you and you'll go to it like three or four times in five minutes. And then all of a sudden I'll find myself, I'll, I'll be I'll be driving, and all of a sudden traffic will start to slow down at 20 miles an hour. My first reaction is to grab my phone. I'm like, why am I grabbing my phone when I'm driving? What am I doing? <laughs> or, or you could be like, hey, but just hold it at your steering wheel and be like 100 miles an hour and not even stop looking at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ava is a running, walking dialogue of phone. Yeah. Even while I'm talking to him on the phone, he is on his phone tweeting and texting. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. When I was driving into work this morning at like four something in the morning, I was watching the Dave Chappelle stand-up special. Yeah. Well, right. which isn't good. People shouldn't do that. That's no, like, it's terrible. Right. I'm always like, I should not be doing this. I, I, I've watched specials on this. People die because. You're on your phone too much. In every dead moment of my life, I will sit down and watch TV with my wife. Instead of watching the TV show or actually looking at her over the conversation, I'm immediately looking at Facebook or Twitter or, or something else. And she's like, can you look at me? I'm like, wait, <laughs> put the phone down? Well, it's funny, Base. I was texting you today when I got home from work and I was watching the Chappelle special. I'm like, why am I texting Base? So I actually rewound it and started watching it. Like, I, I was texting and looking at stuff during a special that I've been waiting years for. Like, I couldn't even enjoy or there, that. Or there are times where you and I are talking, and then you'll start group texting, and I'm on that group text. And I'm like, dude, I'm so you hear Abe, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then also, like, it's like, a <laughs> it's like the, DJ, the DJ in Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden, my phone goes, bring, 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 and I look down, and there's already been seven text messages between you, Ryan, and Sam. And I'm like, wait a minute, you were just talking. You know, even even the new Pope is on Twitter. Did you guys know that? He's, he tweets. I did not know that. He, this, guy, this guy's the greatest Pope of all time. He's awesome. And he's on Twitter, and he has a lot of things in common with me. First of all, he said... Like, you know how I always say, if I don't take care of my brothers, who will? As far as homeless people go, he oh, says... so he's uh, quoting White uh, Man Can't Jump? Yeah, he was quoting Sidney Dean. <laughs> no, but he said that you should always give money to panhandlers, even if they're going to use money on drugs. Does he also tweet out the wellness and harmony first of the month? Uh, I'm going to every, every first. 
<laughs> he also said that that priests should be able to get married, which makes a lot of sense. And then if you say like, well, it'll cut down on the molest the molestation, and then people are like, hey, a molester's a molester, a molester's gonna molest. Yeah, true. But isn't it nice to have a bigger pool of people to choose priests from than just a bunch of weirdos who are who've decided to be dormant? I'd say yes. I mean, no matter what, pulling from a bigger pool of people, like if I want to have a brain surgeon, I'd like to have a million options as opposed to ten options. You don't just want you just, you just don't want single brain surgeons. Like you want <laughs> every potential person to be a great brain surgeon. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Remember when, uh, <laughs> I-, I was thinking about that too, like if the priests are allowed to get married. Do you remember in The Sopranos when Carmela wanted to have sex with the priest? Oh, yeah, I do. Actually, I do. Like she I kept, she Everyone's kept. Everyone's talking about that show lately, I don't know why. She kept having him come over and then she was like making him dinner and stuff. And I, yeah. I-, I think she was trying, to- didn't he like, he turned her down basically, right? Like she got him Maybe drunk on she got him drunk on church wine or something. <laughs> Can't remember now. Every now and then I get on the uh, I'll get on the YouTube vortex of Sopranos uh, episodes and I'll just start watching them and I'm like I forgot all about this scene. You know what I I, I have not watched the show since it ended, but I, I really have an urge to watch it. I watched a couple episodes recently and it's still really good. And, and like you forget a lot of the stuff if you rewatch it. Just like yeah, did, did, didn't you say base you started watching Breaking Bad again and it was just as good. And I and you, you I got right back into it. They had like the marathon of uh people like was it maybe like in, the, in February, like for no reason at all. They just started doing a two week like marathon of all the Breaking Bad. So I was like, eh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like it the way I used to. And I'm like, you forget about things. You're like, oh, yeah, right. If you guys watch Better Call Saul this season, there, uh, Hector is gonna be on from Los Poyos Locos. And so is Gus. That is or really? Gus. Gus. What did I say? Hector. That's what I meant. Gus. So what is this, the third season of that now coming up? Yeah. Okay, because I only watched the first season. I didn't watch the second. Yeah, now oh, I think good. it's going to finally get good. Like, now he's going to be a real scumbag, I think. Because before, in the first two seasons, he's like a real nice guy. Yeah. Every, he, uh, he, he, he's changing it in the second one, and then I think the third one is going to be, he becomes Saul. The third, yeah, the third one, there, he, like, his name is Jimmy still on the show. Yeah, Jimmy. His name's not even Saul Goodman yet. Or is it based? Did he change it at the end or no? No, he hasn't changed it yet. But he, he, he makes the joke like, hey, what's your name, buddy? Saul. Saul Goodman, buddy. Oh, yeah. That's how's, that, how's that show doing? Is it going to stick around? I, I don't know. I I mean, it's okay, good I enough that it's still like, on. I don't know about ratings, but it's one of those shows where it's like you get really into it, and then they're like, when the season ends, it doesn't come back until like a year and a half. Yeah. You it's, know, I watched the first season and it was good, but I, don't, I, I wasn't compelled enough to go watch the second season. Yeah, it's not a show yeah. like I need to watch. Like, I could easily yeah. fall out of it. Like, I, I could fall behind yeah. like 10 episodes quick. You know, it's interesting because I love it. I think it's one of the best shows. I, I really enjoy it, but my brother hated it. So I, I'm like, I don't understand. Hey, I got, thought it was good. I mean, I didn't dislike it at all. I just, but I, when the second season came around, I wasn't like, you know, jumping on to watch it. Let's wrap it up on this. Um, did I send you guys the article that the Walmart that I used to work at, some guy sent out a tweet that said he was being held hostage? No, but was that, I, I saw the Was that the same Walmart? Yeah, the Walmart that I used to work at in Bedford okay, Park. Okay, I heard something about a Walmart, somebody being, someone saying they were being held hostage. Maybe you told me, I don't know. but I what? heard it on the news, but I didn't realize it was Yeah. 
Well, some guy sent out a tweet that said, I'm being held hostage at Walmart. I can't reach my family. What really happened was... So, gang- wait, so wait, you could have just called 911. He actually sent out a tweet. He sent out a tweet, yeah. But what happened yeah, What happened was two gangbangers were like throwing gang signs at each other on the street. They went into the Walmart parking lot. One guy got shot, and another guy got ran over by a car. So the oh cop- my God. So the cops had the whole store on lockdown. They weren't letting anyone out. And this moron sends out a tweet... Hey, I'm being held hostage. Like that guy needs to look up in the dictionary going back to like people not being smart anymore. The word hostage is a lot different than being on lockdown with the police. Were the cops basically like saving his life? Yeah, like they were keeping him safe. I mean, they were the opposite of being a hostage. But I, I was I was thinking about that. Like let's say there really was a hostage situation there. Right. And when I worked there, like I would be in the cooler playing craps for literally an hour. So, like, could you imagine if I'm in there playing craps and then all of a sudden someone opens up the cooler door and it's, like, a robber? Or, or, if, it's, yeah, that would be or, or if it's the manager. Like, if the cops had the place on lockdown and the manager opens it up and he sees us in there playing craps, like, we'd get fired on the day of a robbery. That's like, crazy. Like, wouldn't that be a horrible way to get fired? Uh, one dead, one ran over by a car, and three, <laughs> Abe Cannon, Carlos, and Jose all fired for playing craps. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> but all right, fellas, we'll wrap it up on that and uh we'll holla next week. Thank you, Abe, for all the laughter. David Blaine, your magic is real and I believe in you.